Honest interview episode of Dogs Are Smarter Than People, the usually quirky podcast that gives writing tips and life tips. And I'm Carrie Jones, and with me today is Jordan Scavone. Jordan is a really cool writer who um, got his MA in children's literature, and then he, like, you know, he's living in Michigan with his new wife, Chelsea, and they have a cat, I think, Elizabeth, and, or Lee. Two? So you were right. You were no one cat, but you were right, Liz, Lizbeth. All right, good. Yeah. Um, Jordan, thank you so much for being here, and congratulations on your on your degrees. And like, uh, you just told me you're expecting a baby super soon, so congratulations yeah. on that. He he's coming in June. Oh, it's a boy. Yes. Oh, and you write children's books, so like, are you gonna start? You know, do you think he's gonna inspire you? Oh, that's that's up to him. That's more up to him than it is to me. <laughs> I bet he's gonna. That's so I would, exciting. I all, I mean, all four of my children's books are in some way, shape, or form based off of somebody. Oh, really? Yeah. So three are based off of uh, three of my former students because um, I teach infant toddlers, and then one is based off of one of my best friends. Do you ever like? write things based off of people you don't like? That I don't... I mean, yeah. yeah. Do you make a villain a, story? Well, yeah, there's there's a bully in one of my books, and he is... He's named after my childhood bully, and his uh, uh, his illustration is based off of my illustrator's childhood bully. No, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah, do so he's, named, he's named after mine, and then based off of hers physically. I'm so sorry that you had a childhood bully, but I'm so glad you put them in your book. Yeah, I I grew up as a redheaded boy. Was that hard? Well, you tend to just be bullied when you have red hair as a boy. Redheaded girls are totally fine. It's just redheaded boys. Wow. Why do you think that is? Do you know? Do you have a theory about it? I don't. I don't. I think it's just because boys are mean. Granted, <laughs> little girls are also very mean, so I don't know. Well, you see all that, right? Because you I were... think, yeah, well, I, I think it's just because it's so different. Yeah, and so like, different blonde, 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 yeah, blonde, brunette, and black hair are you know so much more common. Hmm. My husband um is kind of a dark blonde now. His mom was a strawberry blonde, and his grandfather was a redhead, and his whole beard is red. And a lot of our friends say he has red hair, but he insists yeah. that he does not have red hair which i've always thought was a very weird look of his you know like yeah. mine, mine is very like like stereotypical like fire red really that's interesting i wonder if part of him is insistence is like like a self-preservation instinct because maybe he got a little teased for it you know it might be it's like people who are going bald but they deny that they're going bald because they mm-hmm. had hair once <laughs> you know the the massive comb over of like three threads in their hair and like yeah and they're like what are you talking about I have a beautiful head of hair <laughs> I can see that my uncle was like that he was the best person yeah, in the yeah. world my, my uncle was all is is and not as much now he just wears hats but hats are very good for that really really good for hiding the hair loss I wonder if that's why they're invented. 
Either probably between that and keeping the sun off of your face. That's yeah. what I use them for. Me too. That's what I use them for too. But wow, hey, I'm sorry. I'm also the palest boy around. So are you? Are you? Where are you? Are you in? I just said that you were in Michigan. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's it's funny because it's I that bio that you got was from my Amazon page, right? No, it was from your website. From my website, which is probably, I think it's the same one that's on my Amazon page. It's funny because it's not new wife. We're about to be three years or four years. Hey, well, if you've been married like 1,200 years, that's still new. You know, it's all yeah. still new. It's, it's new-ish. Yeah. And you're having a newish baby soon? Yeah, so he's very new. He's only 20. <laughs> he's 26 weeks incubating. That's amazing. Are you are you like prepping for that? Is that right now when we're recording this? Everybody is locked down in this country because of the um, COVID nineteen, and yeah. is that making it hard preparing for the baby, or is it making um, it? Easier? It's almost making it easier because I am at least home for. I've been home all week, but I'm at least home for next week. Um, so like today was deep cleaning day and we rearranged the bedroom and we, I assembled the crib yesterday. And so, so you're nesting basically. Yes. It's, yeah. it's giving me time to prep for his arrival, which is nice. That's really, really, really nice. When, um, I, when you, I know you grew up a little boy, a boy, right? And you're having a boy. And did you always like know that you wanted to be a writer? Like, was your path a straight path to writing, or was it, you know, because you seem hyper? You had your degrees, you know, relate to it. So. Yeah. So, I, um, yes and no. Apparently, so I have my dad gave it to me not too long. Ago. Well, it's actually been like four or five years now. Um, it was before my first book came out. It was a stapled together picture book that I did when I was like eight. Aww. And it's absolutely terrible. I read it during a school visit one time because these second graders demanded I read it. <laughs> and I would say about halfway through, this little girl raises her hand and just goes, you can stop now. It's not good. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. She did. And I tried to tell them, like, it's not good. Like, you're not going to like it. Um. And I, I, so I did that. And then when I was in like high school and middle school, I always remembered like dabbling in prose short stories, but I was never good at prose, uh, uh, like, like long form prose. Yeah. Um, I have now gotten better, hopefully, because I have a young adult novel coming out very, very soon. That's exciting. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for it. Also super anxious. Um, but I originally went to college uh, on a speech scholarship because I did speech in high school. Ah, so still communication, you know. Yeah, so, yeah yes, but I was going to do uh, – I was originally going to study common theater, communication and theater, because I wanted to do acting. Um, and my freshman year I took an int- – or I took – what was it? Um, it was a general education elective. It was the Multicultural Children's Lit course. Yeah. And I just really, really liked it. So I kept taking children's lit courses as my electives. Oh, wow. And it just kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, I really enjoy this. Oh, I can major in this? <laughs> I, I dual majored in children's lit and theater for the young. And I minored in communication. Oh, that's so cool. And then I 
decided to go back and get my master's in children's lit, which it was a good and bad idea. Really? What was the good and what was the bad? Well, the good is that I learned a lot, especially when it comes to like book layout and design. Uh-huh. And since I'm indie published, it works really well because I can sit down and communicate with my illustrators and we can basically lay out the books how we want to. Oh, that's nice. And because I have all the experience with studying the books and you know looking at what books are you know successful and which ones are not and where that breaks down in design, um, I can build the books to not replicate the you know more successful books, but so that they are I don't know accessible. I know there's yeah. a lot to do with tension and you know each page turn needs to be deliberate and things like that and that's something that I'm very uh, conscious about when I'm doing picture books. That's actually so cool. Um, and but, that's different from traditional publishing. Just so anyone out here who knows, like I've done picture books and I'm not traditionally published versus indie published, and like I don't get to have any say. Um, yeah. Or communication with the illustrator at all during the entire process. And that's yeah, so that's cool. one that's definitely one of the perks of being indie published is that, you know, I'm friends with all of my illustrators. So we will sit down and I will, you know, we'll design characters together. Um and I will kind of be like, Well, you know, usually with the main characters I kind of have a vision how they look. Again, mostly because most of them are based off of actual humans. Yeah. But for the most part, the the design detail with, you know, background characters, how, you, you know, the pages should be set um, are mostly up to them. I give them a lot of freedom, um, but it allows me to also kind of, you know, if something needs to happen, like you know, I really want this to be a two page spread type deal. And uh, as opposed to two single page spreads and I can hash that out and we can do it together, which is nice. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I'm sorry that I interrupted you because you were going to say the negative part too. Oh, well, the the negative part is that, you know, at this point, um, I can't really afford the master's degree I have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's one of the, the downsides of indie publishing is that, you know, you don't have the I do all of my own marketing. I do all of my own sales, basically. Um, and that's so hard. Like, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, not only is, do I work a full-time job, you know, and then I write as often as I can, and then when I'm not doing either of those things, I'm doing marketing, so. It's a lot. It's a lot of balls to juggle, you know. You've got a lot of things going on. On the plus side, I learned that I'm naturally good at marketing and probably should have studied that. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I, I, when, when I was like, yo, I'm going to do writing and I'll go this indie route, and I, my brain didn't go, you should learn how to market and study marketing. And I was, you know, that would have been a really good idea. Um, but uh, my first book came out in December of 2015. Uh, so when I'm about to be five books in, and someone's buying them because they sell. Awesome. That's so awesome. So you do, like, you know what you need to do? You need another ball in the air, and you need to be like, teaching marketing to writers or something yeah something with indie writing yeah here i just gave you another whole new job and income stream and expect you you know a year from now to be like hey thanks carrie i'm running like yeah figures man like it's amazing like but you You 
had a few, I've had a few people ask me when I'm going to start like a small indie publishing press, and I'm like, probably not. <laughs> I don't have the time for that. Someday you're going to have the time. It'll be good. It'll be good. Like, maybe not that. Then maybe it'll be like, you know, you create a coaching thing and people buy the course or, you know what I mean? Like, something yeah. be not quite so horrifying or time-consuming yeah. as that. The, the idea of running a small press is really interesting, and I, I think I would like to do it, and I think I would be good at it. Um, yeah. But just time, Are energy, and initial investment is just... Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. My grasp. Yeah, it's so much to, like, it's a big undertaking. Like, it's. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I'm, like, really impressed by the fact that you wrote your first picture book when you were eight, that you remember, at least that you have that one when you're six or eight years old. That's so cool. Um, yeah, and I take, I take it with me when I do school visits. And I was also thinking, like, in the traditional publishing world, if you're super lucky, your publisher will send you on book tour, and, you know, you have no clue how to do a school visit. Like, you have, like, theater for the young background in you. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you're just, that's really rock star. Like, that's just so good, because I know so many authors who are thrust into a school and they're introverts and they're terrified and they have social anxiety and all of a sudden they're supposed to t- keep like, you know, 500 fifth graders. Yeah. I, uh, I did, I did a book signing at a library once and, um, it was a mixture of, uh, traditional and, uh, indie authors. And across from me was a individual who is a New York times bestselling author, very nice person. Um, but doesn't do a lot of book events like that because they don't really have to. Yeah. And I, I, about halfway through the event, there was a lull in people and they come over to the table, to my table. And they're just like super impressed with my ability to sell my own books in (laughs) that sort of setting because they don't, they're not, they don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, they have, they have that marketing machine behind them. And I had, I had not really, kind of looked at it that way oh it's so true i'm terrible at it i like um because i for so long i didn't have to ever do it you know i was never in those kind of settings and so i was like so i'd go to something because somebody would ask me like as a favor you know like you're a main author come to this you know and i'm like oh kids and um i'm great i'm fine with presenting because i have a theater background too but um when it's actually like selling at the table, mm-hmm. I'm the worst human being in the world. I just want to crawl over the table and hide. I'm so bad at it. I'm like, here, do you want it for free? Oh, you're so <laughs> so bad. It's ter- I'm terrible. So that is a really cool skill that you have. You know, like yeah. I, I did a different event. I've done it two years now, and hopefully, I'll get to do it again this year. Um, and it's like a, a city street fair type thing. And there's, I would say, 60 plus all Michigan authors ranging from uh, traditional and indie published. And uh, consistently, it's my best event of the year. And I'll do anywhere between 60 and 80 books while I'm there. That's so many. And yeah, and everyone and I'm friends with a lot of the people there because, you know, we're all Michigan authors and we just communicate, you know, online. And they're all just like, how do you do that? And I'm like... I don't know. I just do. 
Um, I don't know. I'm not threat. I'm I'm super non-threatening. I guess I wear a sparkly purple cape. I don't know. Oh, uh, I need a sparkly purple cape. That's funny. I do wear a sparkly purple cape. It matches. It matches my first book character. So that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I need to write a book with a character who has a not purple because that's yours, but you know maybe a <laughs> sparkly cape and a unicorn. You know, horn maybe, and I that would work. Yes. So you are a marketer. I I had this like grand plan to like add onto my persona with each book that came out. Oh wow! My my so my first book is my superhero book, and it's about social anxiety. Aww. Which is where the cape comes in because they put on. It's about a four year old girl with social anxiety starting school, and in order to overcome her fear of going, she becomes a superhero. Aww. So that's where the cape comes in, and then I wear that. My second book is about a mud-covered princess who all the other princesses make fun of because she's covered in mud. And when a dragon captures all of them, she has to decide if she wants to help them. <gasps> that's awesome. And one of her things is that she has this like big wood walking stick that she um, carries around and uses. And when that second book came out, I'm like, I need a wood walking stick to go with my cape. Yeah. Is that transporting a giant stick that's about five <laughs> feet tall is not easy. <laughs> not if you ever have to go on a plane. Like no, ever. so so I it, I just stick with the cape now. Um, although I do have a my fourth book is about sea turtle conservation. Aww. Um, and I do have a little uh, stone turtle succulent that I now bring and put on my table with me. Oh, that's so cool. I used to bring a Yeti with me when, or, and I used to bring Grover and I used to bring, um, potato head, Mr. Potato head Thor. Um, just because I have social anxiety. So I need your first book basically. And yeah. Oh, yeah. it works. I've had, I've had probably now uh, like close to a couple hundred people tell me that it actually makes a difference in their kids' social anxiety. Um, I've had, Cool. Grandparents get it for their grandchildren going to college for the first time. Why did you? What inspired you, like to to write about that specifically about social anxiety as a theme for your book? Um, in that one, it was because I work at uh, where I work at a daycare center. Um, I'm constantly seeing kids, you know, get dropped off, whether it's their first time or their five hundredth time, and. Uh, just the fact that their parents are leaving, they have this innate anxiety of, oh, are they coming back? When are they coming back? And I wanted yeah. to try and write something that I could have uh, help kids alleviate that fear. And apparently it works. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's so awesome. I want to quickly switch topics because we're almost out of time. And I also want to give you a chance to pimp things out. But I have two more questions. You okay. recently met Ric Flair, right? And did Horseman? Yes. How yes. Rockstar was that? How what? Rockstar was that? Like That was... I've never described anybody in my life as having swag <laughs> until I saw him walk on that stage and I'm like, man, that is just a cool dude. <laughs> um, and it was cool because at the time when we my wife and I got our photo with him. We were the first people to do a group photo. And we told him that technically, because my wife's pregnant, there's four of us. (laughs) So uh, we all did 
you know, the three of us did the four horsemen thing, and then I put my other hand in front of the stomach for the fourth member. That was super cool. He was he was really nice and really cool. Oh, that's awesome. It's so great when like um you meet somebody and you're and they turn out you know, a celebrity and they turn out to be cool and chill and fun. Yeah. I've met several that aren't, so it's always nice when you meet <laughs> some that are. Yeah, there's like a John Gorka song. He's this indie artist. Um, well, he's with Wyndham Hill for a while and then Red Rock Records. But he has this old, old song like from the 90s about like how you don't want to meet your heroes because it's not good. Um, and I always worry when people meet, you know, like, I don't know, wrestlers or like celebrities or singers. And then you sort of like... Well, that was like I, ac- I accidentally met Phil Collins at the Alamo. <laughs> yeah. Phil Collins is my favorite. And Phil Collins is my favorite singer. I'm actually wearing a Phil Collins shirt right now. No. Um, How did that yeah. go? Um, it was awesome. Aside from me, he was the first. So he's the first celebrity I ever met. Aww. So my first celebrity I ever met was my favorite singer. Yeah. Uh, it was it was awesome and terrible. It was awesome because I got to meet him. Right. Uh, it was terrible because I was so starstruck because I had never met a celebrity. Yeah. That our conversation was like, hi, I like your music. Uh, <laughs> but now every other celebrity I've ever met is like lower tier than him because he's my favorite. Yeah. So it's been so easy to meet celebrities since then. That's really cool. So it actually like... Well, it sucked because it was the worst interaction you could have. It was the most stereotypical interaction you could have with a famous person. That's so funny. Uh, but, now, um, but now all my other ones are super chill because I'm like, I met Phil Collins. Like, <laughs> You're nothing. You're not the Phil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my other question um, quickly is I've been talking to a lot of people about um, how they're brave and how, like, bravery is related to vulnerability is there anything that you've done in your writing career or in meeting wrestling stars and singers that you feel like is super brave and you felt vulnerable but you're still glad you did it um yeah probably everything that involves my third book really um so my third book is called a girl named adam and it is uh it's looking at it's looking at friendship as well as transgender identity. Yeah. And that's the book that's loosely inspired by one of my best friends. Oh. Um, and I was very unsure if I, like I wrote the manuscript. I loved the manuscript. She read the manuscript. She was like, yes, this manuscript, like with what you're going for is good. Um, and so I, I did the book and it came out and it launched really, really strong. It hit the top 4,000 books on Amazon. Yay! Um, there was a brief hiccup, and I almost pulled the book four days into its launch. Oh, wow. Um, but the kickback that I got ended up turning around and being so positive. Oh. Um, because basically members of the LGBT community were not happy that a you know, cisgendered white boy yeah. wrote this book um, until people started reading it. Yeah. And they were kind of like, 
okay, no, you you did right. You did good. You did not, you know, this was not me trying to cash in on something and that sort of thing. Um, but I got so much positive response from the community. I've actually had people use the book to come out to their families. Oh, wow. Um, and I actually had someone tell me, you know, before the book launched that it was a career killer. Really? Yeah. Um, and I have another book out and one more coming since then. So I guess it wasn't, but yeah. it was, it, it was something that I really wanted to do and I felt very strongly about it. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm super proud of it. I'm super glad that it came out and it actually is helping people. And, and you know, it, it regularly uh, makes people cry. You know, sometimes when we're doing like our most vulnerable stuff, that's the stuff that's the most impactful, you know, like those scary books and those scary ideas and those scary leaps. You know what I mean? Like, and and- I, I was super anxious about it, um, but it, it honestly, it turned out really well. Um, it was actually nominated for the Stonewall for this year. Oh, yay. Um, which was cool because they contacted me. To yeah. for a, a nomination submission. Wow. Uh, I didn't cover cool. them or anything. Um, it didn't win, but, you know, the book that did one is absolutely wonderful. So. Hey, that's cool. And how does your best friend feel about it now? One of your best friends. She, she loved it. She did. Um, yeah, she shows it to people. Um, she has a uh, – support group at her university that like she took it to and they all read it together and it was it's been super cool oh that's so cool it's also cool that you felt so passionately about it you know what i mean well so i had met her um pre-transition and the seeing her you know change into someone that she truly was yeah and just her mood, like she, she literally changed from that friend who you would hang out with and they would just kind of be like, Hey, I'm here too. To uh-huh. like the one who now when new people come in, she's like up and like, hi, you know, how are you? Nice to meet you. I'm blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just, it's so cool to see how someone can truly, you know, once they find out themselves, how just better they and i don't want to say better but you know more confident more comfortable more themselves than they've ever been it's just it's so cool yeah it's like when they unlock their uh, their cells or their bodies and are allowed to finally let their shine out like their shine i have a a hashtag for each of my books and the hashtag for that one is true you oh that's cool also good morning with the hashtags nicely done (laughs) <laughs> no, right? so you could have done marketing yeah i know um <laughs> you're good at everything it's been amazing talking to you and i want to make sure that you have the chance to um pimp anything out that you want and i'll put stuff in the story notes uh, um the cool. notes too but tell us what you're up to or what you want to like talk here um so i i have four books out uh, my superhero book is called mighty my anti-bullying book is called The Mud Princess. My transgender identity one is a girl named Adam. And my sea turtle conservation one is called Turtle Day. <laughs> my debut young adult novel is coming soon. It's urban fantasy. Yay, the best kind. I'm, 
I'm super excited. My, my niece is actually one of my beta reviewers for it. Oh, cool. She's a freshman in high school, and I was super, super anxious about her reading it. Um, one, because she's a high schooler. Two, she's my niece. Um, but um, she loved it. So I'm I'm super excited about that because she's really kind of the age-wise the low end of my target group or my my target audience but she's a, a huge reader to begin with so she's actually reading level wise she's probably above the age group for it but oh that's awesome um yeah my website is jordanjscavone.com um i'm on facebook i've been doing virtual story times while we're going through this whole uh, pandemic that's awesome too um so if you follow my page on my Facebook page, you never, um, I am trying to do at least one a week. I did two this week. Um, and they're archived on there so you can go back and watch them, which is cool. That's very, very cool. Thank you so much for being here, Jordan. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. I love doing little podcasty things. So I actually recorded one last week as well. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome podcasts are the best it's a very good community as is the children's book writing community so i'm glad it really is there's there's so many just people who i've never met in person who i talk to all the time yeah it's kind of glorious that way it's very supportive and loving and you know the best of people it's a little bit more friendly than the adult writers. <laughs> I feel like the adult writer, the adult writers are all competing against each other. Yeah. And the, the children's lit people are like, hey, have you read this book? It's super cool. Yeah, exactly. Like you'll go to the like those um, book fair things where you'll be trying to sell your books and your friends will be like, oh, you like fantasy? Go check out Jordan's book. Or, yeah. you know, like, it's I've, so I've sold so many people's books at, at events because I like them. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And it's so lovely. It's like we're all little like hand sellers at bookstores, but on Twitter and in the world and at an event. It's a good community. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad to be a part of it with you. Thank you thanks so much for, for being here. The special yeah, thanks for having me. Bonus edition of Dogs Are Smarter Than People with me, Carrie Jones, writer and random human in Maine. Our regular podcasts come out on every Tuesday. Our podcast can be found everywhere that podcasts can be found, but our notes for a podcast can be found on carriejonesbooks.blog. So if you want to hear more about the cool people that I just talked to, or, you know, click through on their links and show them some love, you can go there and find all the episode notes. Again, that's Carrie, C A R R I E. Jones, J O N E S, books. Block. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope that our little moment in your life helped make your life a little bit better.